0: Hi, this is Dr. Renee Gasgarth with Dermatology Plus Plastic Surgeries podcast for your best self. And today we're going to talk all things lips. So this is your Lips 101. We're going to talk lip plumpers. Yes, I mean those lip glosses that you see everywhere. We're going to talk lip flip, lip filler, and lip lift. And if you don't know what any of those are, well, you're going to learn today. And hopefully it'll be fun. So interestingly enough, every time I talk to people about lip filler, someone always says to me, well, what are you doing to get people not to have those crazy lips? So we're going to talk about trends and the risk of lip filler as well. But we're also going to talk about alternatives. Um, and so what I think is really interesting is that everyone acts like this is a new phenomenon. Everyone acts like, oh, my gosh, the Kardashians made everyone want to to put stuff in their lips. And I do think that Keeping Up with the Kardashians has had a huge role in popularizing a lot of plastic surgery procedures, getting people more, essentially more open to communicating about their goals, what they've had done, and in some ways it's sort of normalized it. But what I remind people is that some of our earliest information about the cosmetic industry had to do with lip staining. Um, As early as 3500 BC, an Egyptian queen was known for making her own cosmetics for her lips. She actually used crushed lead, so we don't recommend that. It's definitely not safe. And there was a time when only prostitutes wore makeup, but for a lot of society, it was a way of showing that you had the money and the time to really express yourself. And if you look at times of sort of tr- trauma or difficulty, there's a phenomenon called the lipstick phenomenon, where even when people are going through struggles, there is an upsale, an increase of sales of things like lipstick. And so you can track sometimes what the economy is doing, but looking at cosmetics like L'Oreal and seeing where their trends are. And interestingly enough, they found that in s- almost always except for COVID and we'll talk about that that predicting a recession, usually you can start to see an increase in cosmetic sales of these, these brands that sell uh, more affordable options with the idea of our appearance is important to us. And so if you're wondering well, why, why lips, why are people interested in lipstick, I really think that has to do with that we're all looking for a way to connect with people and they've done a lot of studies when we're looking about how to teach people speech um, and for people who are deaf in particular and also now with all of the research for facial recognition software and we found that when people are having a conversation 30 to 40 percent of the time they're spending looking at someone's eyes and 30 to 40 percent of the time they're spending looking at someone's lips and the rest of the time they're sort of gazing all over their face and that's when they're that's when they're doing direct visualization. So the lips are usually what we're looking at when someone's communicating to us. So when we're speaking, we look at their eyes and looking for um, to relate to them. But when someone's giving us information, we look at their lips. So I don't think that this trend is new. I don't think that it's strange. I think it's a way of us feeling good about ourselves in a way that's very visible and a way that we make connections with people. And so... Take all that aside, lip filler is a huge proportion of my injectable practice and I'm happy to do it. I think the anatomy of lips is interesting and I think everybody is different and so it's a way to sort of really tailor a treatment to someone. But it's not for everyone and there's lots of other options. So we're going to start with lip plumpers and interestingly enough I get asked all the time do these work and the answer is yes, yes they do. So lip plumpers, these lip glosses, and I, I brought my favorite because I use it, I like Buxom, um, and then I brought my Skin Medica one, which we'll talk about too, but lip plumpers all have ingredients that cause some sort of inflammation or vasodilation, meaning it, there's some sort of process and chemical that brings increased blood flow, and so it changes the shape of your lips slightly. Um, So the most common ingredients are from, believe it or not, hot chili peppers, from menthol, cinnamon, nicotine. So that is why if you use a lip plumper, you feel that tingly feeling. And people ask, is it dangerous? No, unless you have a food allergy to one of these ingredients, It's not going to hurt you. It's a topical. It's not well absorbed into your system. But not everybody likes that tingly feeling. That's true. And in terms of how long it lasts, well, basically, you can feel the effects while the product is on. So you can feel the active ingredient. And then it should last a few hours. The main downside of these lip plumpers are one they don't last very long and you have to reapply them and two they can be very drying so essentially we're causing something to swell and we're not necessarily adding or hydrating and so even so they tend to make people sometimes feel like their lips are chapped after the effects have worn off. Um, and so I really like the Skin Medica system. So it's a two-for-one system. The plumper has almost all of those ingredients that we've talked about. So they're natural ingredients um, that causes the plumping, but they have first a smoothing system. So that's hydrating. So it has... Lots of hyaluronic acid and other things that um, really make your lips soft and hydrated. And so for patients who want their lip filler to last longer, I think that this can be a a really good system for people to use. Um, And it is clear. uh, And then I I do think it lasts longer than things like the Buxom brand because they've spent more, frankly, research and time trying to figure out how to get longer effects and they use more ingredients Um, but they do work so if you're happy with that instead of doing lip liner you can just put on your lip plumping which I use for special occasions or for fancy podcasts (laughs) even though you may not be watching me Um, and I I do think these products work and and so the kind of the next step for people if they want to talk about their mouth and what we can do is really talking about neurotoxins so things like Botox, Dysport, Juvo And that is sort of, I like to think of it as can help affect the whole area. So a lot of people do not know what a lip flip is. I think this is the hidden secret of Botox and Dysport and Juveau. And I'm a huge fan of it personally. I much prefer it over... Lip filler, um, because I tend to really swell with lip filler and being in the plastic surgery business, um, everyone knows when you first get lip filler and then everyone wants to ask me many questions about what kind I use, which can sometimes get a little awkward because the truth is I vary. Um, And so, and I don't like necessarily that feeling of swelling that you have the first couple of days. So a lip flip is nice in that it's more subtle. So if someone's looking for just a little bit of a change in vertical height, and what I mean by that is that as we age, the distance from our nose to the top of our lips increases. But we also get an involution. So if you're kind of, you know, making a kissing face, think about the opposite where your lips are turned in a little bit. And that actually happens with age. And it has to do with both your bone structure, so we reabsorb bone, so our actual upper jaw, our our maxilla decreases in size. We also lose soft tissue, so our muscles atrophy, they get thinner. Um, And then we also have just loss of collagen. So it's really a process um, that happens to us as we age. And so people will say, I've lost my lip. What happened to my lip? And that really is happening. It's part of the aging process. And so this is a nice way to restore some of that so that the, the part of your lip that you put lipstick on, so the, the dry mucosa, we call it, that you can see more of that. And then neurotoxin is also really good for softening the, those vertical lines. So it, we call them smoker lines, even though they are genetic and it can happen if you don't smoke. And some, some of that is normal. Um, so they can help soften those lines. And then it's also really good for people who have a gummy smile. So that is when your smile is so big and so bright, which could be considered beautiful, but you see a lot of people's gums. And in general, women do not like that. They feel like it looks like they have a horse mouth. So that those big gummy smiles we talk about, it can also help relax those. So all of these areas, can be targeted, but it's really subtle, and not everyone wants subtle. Again, that goes back to our awesome podcast host comments, like, why do people want their lips so big? Um, so I tell people, essentially, you're looking at it like instead of putting on lip liner, that's basically what a lip flip does for most people. The downside is that it doesn't last, so all of these neurotoxins, again, act on how the muscle cells talk to each other. And it has to do with fusion of vesicles and your body just makes more of them so that most times the, the neurotoxins last about three months. And the orbicularis oris is a strong muscle and it's circular and we don't want to weaken it very much. And that's essentially what we're doing to get some aversion. So it is going to wear off earlier. And the other downside is that people can feel like it's really strange for the first first three days for sure, but sometimes it can last one to two weeks, and that they may feel like their smile is funny. Looking at your smile, it should not be funny. If that happens, you need to let us know. All my patients have my cell phone number. And you can feel, though, that it's difficult to drink out of a straw, which is true. Again, we're weakening how, how your lips make that round face. And so... Essentially, not everyone likes that feeling. The next option then, if we want more volume. So volume is what I tell people. If you think about your lips as a 3D shape, there is actual shape to it. So that cupid's bow that we talk about, you also have a filtral column. We can shape all of these things. There's also a vertical height. So how much of that area that we see the lipstick, so how much of that dry mucosa do we see and then there's also projection anteriorly. So, a lot of people think that lip filler gives you these duck lips. It should not. It should not. And I say that again if you have duck lips, then you need to talk to your injector because something went wrong. So, it's different if it's just swollen for a few days, but if the product has migrated so that it's behind your lips that's what's going to give you too much of that anterior projection that's not in your lip itself and that needs dissolving Um, and the nice thing about lip filler is again is that we use hyaluronic acid so it is naturally made in your body and it would It's exceedingly rare to have a negative reaction to it because, again, it's a product that's naturally made in your body. And we have an enzyme that can naturally break it down. So if you don't like it, we can always remove it by using the enzyme that breaks it down, hyaluronidase. And it provides a nice subtle decrease in how plump your lips are. So it's not like one day it's on and one day it's off. Your body's going to break it down. And we have such good technology now, so many types of hyaluronic acid that have really been developed for lips that we can really target what look you're going for. So if someone tells me, I really want a sharp cupid's bow, or I want a keyhole, I would use a different product because I'm really shaping the lips. If someone tells me, I just want my lips to look hydrated, so I actually like the size of them and the volume, but I feel like they just they're looking too wrinkly and I just want them a little plumper a little smoother I would use a different a different product if someone's really looking for volume in all directions so they need vertical height and they also want really pillowy soft lips well that's probably two syringes let's be honest and I would use probably two different types depending on what their goals were so when people think, oh, you can just get a group on or go anyone to do lip filler, I would tell you don't do that because you want someone that knows the anatomy and knows the whole range of products. And that's why I personally really enjoy lip filler. I think it's just interesting in terms of that. I'm really trying to take your anatomy and help you achieve the goals you want. And everyone's anatomy is a little different. And so when I talk to patients about lip filler, I always get out a mirror and we talk about how your lips are currently shaped. And that has to do with a lot of things. Believe it or not, your teeth play a huge impact on how your lips are at rest. So often someone will say to me, well, my lip is fuller here. And I ask them to smile. And I point out that one of their teeth is actually more anterior, more forward in that spot. And they're like, oh, I never noticed that. And they just thought their lips were weird. I'm like, no, that actually is your teeth. And and we're probably not going to fix that with lip filler. We can improve it. But that would really be braces if you want your lips to lay smoothly. And Sometimes it's actually what they're seeing is a, dif- a distance from their nose to their lip, which can be, believe it or not, because your nose is actually a little crooked. So that's why it's never a simple, for the first time we inject, it's never a simple come in and I'm just gonna put something in your lips. I really do like to study the anatomy and think about it. And I I think that's why I can do lip filler multiple times in a day and still be really interested in it, right? It doesn't get old, it's not tedious because everybody's lips and their anatomy is different. And so I do ask patients, I'm one of those people, I'm fine if you have a photo of what you're looking for. But it's not always obtainable, depending on what your anatomy is. And so I definitely want people to understand that. And the other thing that I want people to understand is that hyaluronic acid naturally brings in water. So it always is going to cause some swelling. The products do vary in how much water they draw in and how much swelling. But when you see these pictures on Instagram that are before and after, the pictures that sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Why would anyone want lips that big? It's not real. That is swelling and and that's bruising. And so really, if you want to see a portfolio of someone's lips, you don't want to see the immediate after. You want to see what the lips look like in two weeks. That's when the vast majority of the swelling and bruising is gone. And so these pictures where it's one syringe, again, that's one milliliter. So if you think about a shot glass, that's one-thirtieth of that. That is not going to give you these huge, dramatic duck lips. And people will also ask me a lot about Russian lips. So interestingly, the Russian lip trend is these sort of very pillowy, very large lips. That, again, is not one syringe of filler. And I want to caution people to do you really want that? You know, it's so again, it will wear off, but we want to build slowly over time. And the reason for that is that one, you can overstretch your lips. If you overstretch your lips, you can get essentially cuts and cracks in your lips, which can cause scarring, believe it or not. And it's also just uncomfortable. You get a lot of dry and chafing not to mention, if you're putting too much product into your lips in one setting, or one session, I should say, you increase the risk of getting these these lumps and bumps that don't go away. So these lumps that don't go away, I do think the vast majority are due to the injection technique. So we take lip filler very seriously, like it's going to be an implant that lasts in your body. We prep you with special surgical soap and we don't let you do any dental work two weeks after getting the lip filler, because again, we don't want it to get infected. But some of these lumps and bumps, when I see them from other injectors, um, happen because they were really trying to just bolus. So just put a lot of product in an area of the lip that they wanted it to sit, And that then is not natural. And your body's enzyme can't get to the center of that ball of product. So we don't want to do that. We want lips that are very soft, that are very pretty, and that um, look hydrated and natural. And we really want to build volume over time. And that's the other thing that I always want to tell my patients is that if you really have goals for these big lips, then it's going to be multiple syringes. So there's memes online where they're joking with people about the natural saga of lip filler. And it's like, day one, what have I done? This is terrible. I hate it. Day three, oh, my gosh, it's still kind of swollen. It's lumpy, bumpy. And day five, oh, this looks great. I'm really feeling it. Yeah, there's still a little bruising, but it's amazing. And then, you know, day 10 to 14, do I need another syringe? I kind of miss when they were so swollen. So I always tell people it's normal. It's normal to have that lumpy, bumpy immediately after swelling, bruising, some some unevenness. And if you actually really like your lips on day three to day five, then that's when we know we're going to do another syringe at the one-month mark. But we don't want to do it before then because, again, I don't want to – inject product into an area that has bruising, it can make it worse, and it also can make those asymmetries more obvious. And I also really don't want to give you any of those lumps and bumps. The other question I get asked is, what happens to your lips if you decide to stop doing lip filler? What what happens? And so, again, your body naturally makes this enzyme that breaks it down over time, so your body and your your lip mucosa is special, and so it should be able to shrink. So this idea of stretching out your lips and then having this loose, saggy lip skin really should not happen if you're going to a good injector who's not filling you like a balloon. It's not a tissue expander. So as long as they're building slow over time and you let your body naturally, naturally decrease the amount over time you should still be able to keep that natural volume that you had before lip filler injections and I used to get asked all the time oh you know Kylie gender what did she do to her lips um, when she when they went smaller and the answer is I really don't know I don't know if she dissolved small amounts everywhere but left some product in I can tell you that her lips never returned to her her teenage lip size. She really had no vertical height and had a lot of distance between her nose and her upper lip. So I don't know if they dissolved in small amounts over time or if they um, just let it wear off naturally. But I would tell people that the first step would be to just let your body naturally do it. So just stop, stop doing the lip filler injections and just naturally let your body get rid of it. And then if you've had, you know, over two years, every three months, getting a lip filler, getting a lip filler, and have a lot of volume, then then my preference would be to dissolve small amounts evenly throughout so that, again, we're not causing, a, we're not just taking out a bunch of product and that your lips don't have time to adjust and, and for them to contract. So if you're going to someone who knows all of these things, they're not going to put three syringes of lip filler in your mouth and then dissolve all of it and have and have it look miserable. And then the other question I get asked a a lot about lip filler is they see these horror stories online, and I have to tell you that some people are not doing their due diligence in training on how to do lip filler and knowing the vascular anatomy and – they present themselves as like this is no big deal. It's like lipstick. We're gonna do it at a spa party. It's gonna be great. And you do want to know the anatomy. So any time you put a bolus of something in an artery, you can clog the artery, right? So that's why people get heart attacks. It's cholesterol plaques. That's why people um, have to have stents, you know, in their their arteries to reopen them. So if we put a bunch of hyaluronic acid into an artery, it will clog it. In general your lips are very well perfused. You have t- two arteries and some smaller arteries that feed them. So it's very very rare to get an ischemic event in your lips meaning that there's that you've put so much product in a vessel that it's cut off the blood supply to it and those other those other arteries can't then provide enough blood supply to it but it can happen particularly sometimes people don't tell us that they've had surgery before that they had a dog bite maybe they didn't even realize when they were younger and they don't have good good connections between those arteries and so you want an injector who can recognize it quickly and who knows what to do when it happens and who will act quickly so if you are getting lip filler for the first time I really encourage you to not do it at a party and to make sure you're in a space where they have someone who's trained and they also always should have access to the, the um, hyaluronidase is what we call it that can break that down because that's the most important thing. So I once took care of a patient who's lovely and she got lip filler and actually had decreased blood supply to her both of her upper lips all the way up into her one nostril and we injected the hyaluronidase but if she had been my patient i would have recognized it earlier and that's the only thing and i and i would have done that earlier instead she was told it was bruising and that there's no problem and so we were behind the game and she actually had to do hyperbaric oxygen to really improve her smile the muscle was weakened so again i do caution people in general, this is very safe, very well tolerated, very low complication. But if a complication happens, it happens to you, and you want to make sure that your injector knows what to do, recognizes it, and can take care of it quickly, because that's the best outcome. Um, and then, in terms of lip filler instructions, so I want patients to be aware that there's again going to be some bruising and swelling. If you're worried that you're gonna have problems with swelling or you're worried about discomfort, then you can start to take arnicon bromelain three days ahead of time. These are medications that are found naturally. Um, We do sell them in our office, but you can find them at GNC, CVS, and they help decrease inflammation, bruising, swelling. And so if you start three days ahead of time, that can really help with some of that discomfort. During the injection itself, you're going to come in and we're going to numb you. So you're going to numb for at least 30 minutes. For first-time patients, I usually try to wait closer to an hour just to make sure it's as comfortable as an experience as we can give you. We're going to go over what your goals are, what I think is reasonable, and what we can obtain. Um, And I will make suggestions about what type of product to use. Again, they're going to be hyaluronic uh, acid-based, and I will also make recommendations if I think we should add some neurotoxin to help with fine lines or eversion of the lip, depending on what your goals are. And then after you're nice and numb, if you're still worried and not comfortable, we can always do a dental block. So that's a small amount of local medicine that we place where the nerves are. You will be numb and a little drooly for a few hours. So, this isn't everyone's favorite. So, you don't want to get a nerve block and then go to dinner because people are going to think that something really bad happened to you in your plastic surgery office. Um, but, especially with, if you're going to wear a mask at work and you're not going to eat or drink for a few hours, it, you won't really feel anything. And it can, so, you don't need to be worried about pain or discomfort because we have two ways to get you comfortable. Um, I've never had a patient, I shouldn't say never because I'm probably going to get one this week, but I've never had a patient say to me, like, oh, my gosh, I'm, it, it's so terrible. I need adivan or I need medication. I just haven't had that. It's not that uncomfortable. And especially after your first time, most people feel it's just it's better than going to the dentist because you're going to walk away with really pretty lips afterwards. We always are going to ask you if you have a history of cold sores, and I will put you on medicine to take twice a day if you have a history of that, because when the lips are swollen and when there's sort of stretch on the tissue, you can be more susceptible to getting a cold sore. So that is one thing you want to be aware of, and if you start to have pain in one specific spot, you're going to increase that medication to three times a day, and you're also going to text me or call me as soon as you feel that and we'll get you in and take a look we don't want you to get a cold sore because that again can cause scarring um, especially when the lips are are in that sort of inflammation and edema stage so again it's not a contraindication i do get asked that but we are going to give you a medication to prevent you from having a problem Um, And then after we do the injection, I like patients to keep their lips hydrated. So Vaseline, Aquaphor, you don't want to use any of these lip plumping creams, again, because that causes more swelling, more inflammation. And you don't want to do anything that's really going to increase trauma to the area. So I tell my patients for one week, I'd like you to not do anything that makes the O with your mouth. So sucking, intense kissing, um, using a straw. We want to sort of let the product be where we put it, where we want it to be, and let the inflammation decrease. The other thing that I see patients do sometimes, is they can't stop touching their lips with their tongue. So your tongue is more sensitive than your fingers, which is interesting, right? Because we don't walk around and explore with our tongue. I see you touching your teeth with your tongue right now. Um, But your lip, when it has product in it, it is going to feel lumpy bumpy and swollen and so I tell people try not to play with it so don't bite it um, you can cause more inflammation and you can actually cause like a little lymphocele and you don't want to manipulate it because again you can massage the product out and we don't want to put anything heavy on it. So you don't want to put heavy ice packs on it or things like that. It stimulates your body's own collagen. So over time, you should lead net less product. Over time, again, you should lead, you should have volume that's there that stays. The product itself, some of it may stay for a year, maybe even two years, but over time, some of the reason we see needing less and less and going going more time between lip filler appointments is because it actually has made your lips make collagen which is really interesting right so this is this is hyaluronic acid is in your body and it makes your body make collagen uh so we don't want to do anything that decreases that inflammation so i personally tell my patients not to take ibuprofen i don't i don't do steroids for it if you're have an experienced injector who's putting small amounts of product throughout your lip the swelling should not be so bad that you need steroids. okay? And if you do really have that kind of reaction to hyaluronic acid fillers, what I would tell you is that we're not going to do a full syringe at a setting. We will space it out a little more so you're not having such an intense inflammatory response. Steroids themselves are not good for you. They can make you feel bad. They can make you feel irritable. They can throw off your blood sugar. So when I came from Miami, I was shocked how many p- patients would tell me, well, my other plastic surgeon always gives me steroids. I'm like, that is really not good for you. <laughs> if every three months you're getting a Medrol dose pack for lip injections, we need to figure out a different plan. Um, so it would be very atypical to have so much swelling and things be s- that I would um, need to give you steroids. And 100%, you would be in my office, in my chair, and we would be examining because something else, chances are, are going on. And so how long does lip filler ask? That's another question. I tell people, once we get you to the volume that you like, so once we've adequately filled you, and we've stimulated some collagen, it really should last closer to six months. But the reality is that often patients don't ever get to that volume and that look that they want. So again, if you like how it looks on day three, day five, day seven, we didn't really ever get you to that size and that volume that you liked. And then you're right, your lip filler's not gonna even last probably a full three months, because you, you really felt like it only lasted you a week again, that's not true. You just liked it when it was swollen. So you actually want more volume than what one syringe can do. So if we think about it as a building process, then after one month, we do another syringe. If you're happy with how that looks at two weeks, the product really should last three to six months. And people also ask me, well, that's crazy, how can it only last three three months? How can it only last six months? And that's because again, we're putting in a very soft product that's in an area that moves quite a bit. Um, so I'm a chatter, I am a talker, so I will tell you lip filler does not last very long in me because I use my mouth all the time. And so some people just make more smiles, they're more animated, they talk more, and those are the patients. Um, or if you work out a lot, And so you have lots of activity where you're getting red, hot, sweaty, flushed in the face. Product may not last as long because, again, you're bringing in the enzymes and you're stimulating your body to break it down. But we want nice, soft lips. We don't want things to be hard. So when someone kisses you, they should not be able to tell if you have product in your lips or not. Should not. So if someone is kissing you and can feel product in your lips, then that is a reason to see your plastic surgeon again and to talk about it, because if you have a nodule that can be felt by another person, that's abnormal, that is not normal, and we can do something about it, we can dissolve it. The other question I get asked because, again, some patients were getting lip filler so often that then they would switch to a different person and that person would make them dissolve it all. I I don't do that to my patients. If you have a little lump or bump and you are okay with how it looks and it's not bothering how it feels and you actually like the volume, then I personally, my practice, do not dissolve it. Um, But you do have to be aware that if we inject more product around it, it can make the bump feel firmer. And it also, that bump itself will swell more when you're in the swollen phase. So it's just something to be aware of. If filler is misplaced, so you have those duck lips and it's behind your lip, I always start with first just having you more aggressively massage it. Unless I think it's an infection that's different, you should be able to break down some of that product. And I I just had a patient who had that. She had migration of the product, which can happen. And again, that's why for a week I try to have you be careful what you do with your lips because we don't want the product to move out of your lips and back. And so I had her just massage it and it really made a huge improvement even though that filler had been placed almost a year ago. So that would be step one, and then step two. Though, if we just have so much product migration, things are so uneven, things are so lumpy, bumpy. That's when I tell people we need to dissolve it. I'm not going to inject you unless we start over, and you have to have in your head that the dissolving process is about as expensive as a syringe of filler. So it and it, it, it does cause swelling and inflammation, and you're going to lose you're going to lose your lip volume, and then we have to start to rebuild again. And that means that in a month, we start with one syringe of filler, and then we wait a month, and we, and we basically start over. Um, so that can be very disappointing to patients when they've spent a lot of time and energy getting to a size they like. But I can't fix a lump and a bump and a lot of, and migrated product with another syringe of filler. And I do get that asked a lot, well, this is lumpy-bumpy down here, can't you just put more product to even and out? That's not how it works. The product doesn't stimulate the other product to dissolve. And if anything, you're more likely to have that swelling and that lumpy bumpiness look worse. So those are the situations. If you really have migration of product or things are just so uneven and so firm, we have to start over. Um, And that's why, again, I tell people you don't want to get a group on for lip filler, regardless of what you think. Um, there are complications that are directly related to how knowledgeable and how skillful your injector is. And so when we talk about synergy in facial features, I think your lips are really important. People are looking at them when you talk. It's a way of us communicating, and we want you to have an excellent result. So we want you to be realistic about what you can obtain, and we also want to minimize the risk to you. And just in my practice, I have patients come back after two weeks and we take a look and I take a feel, see if there's any residual swelling, bruising, make sure we don't have any asymmetries. And at that point, if there's something we're not happy with, we can talk about massaging the product against your body, can dissolve it, or we can talk about adding additional filler based on your goals. Um, And then people do get lip filler fatigue. So again, if you're kind of never got to the volume you wanted and you're going to see your injector every three months at some point, it's just not as fun. And I get asked a lot, well, what else can we do? And the sad thing is that right now we don't have anything on the market that can really do what, what hyaluronic acid lip filler can do. Um, I've seen patients from other countries come with silicone injections so they actually use a silicone that's in a liquid form so it looks like like filler and it's injected into their lips and in general that just does not age well. Um, it's very hard to distribute the product nice and smooth and evenly. And your body makes a response to it. It makes some scar tissue. So over time, it makes a ball. And those balls then cannot be dissolved. And essentially, you have to cut them out. Um, so don't let anybody put <laughs> fix-a-flat in your lips. Uh, and people also ask, well, what about silicone implants? I don't do that in my practice um, and. And I will tell you, for patients that they work well for, it's great. They love it. But it works well for very few patients. And here's why. So your mouth, again, makes a ring. And so over time, you're always pushing things down towards your mouth, right? That's the purpose, speech, but also to eat and to move things into your mouth. So if you put a thin silicone rod between again, that mucosa that you see where you put your lipstick and the muscle that's like a ring underneath, it's going to start to work its way down. And so migration of these silicone implants happens to everyone. Every patient will have it. And how much it migrates has to do with the size of the implant and your own anatomy and how you're aging. And it's really common to have it start to extrude through the inside of your mucosa through that, that, what I call the wet mucosa and the reason is because when you eat and talk you're kind of traumatizing your inner lip and so if if that silicone is migrating as a rod down towards that inside and you have any trauma to it it can't heal over it and so it's very common to have people say like it looked great for a year and now it's in the wrong place and I think it's it's starting to poke through the mucosa on the inside of my mouth so that's why personally I do not do these silicone rods. Um, I have seen patients who've had them and I have to tell you they looked fabulous and they looked great, but that's almost like a yay, you won the lottery, you got lucky, that's awesome. It's It's not the typical course for patients, most patients will end up getting them removed at some point and it they form scar tissue a capsule around it so it's pretty traumatizing to the lip and you'll lose even more volume if we have to take it out in a delayed fashion not to mention you can't just pull it out so you're really you have to make a scar and you're really digging it out which can cause a fair amount of asymmetry and trauma to the lip so i tell people to really think about that and make sure if you are going to do that, that you're going to someone who's doing it regularly and and is comfortable dealing with all of those problems and knows what to do if it's migrating. And if you do have one that's migrating, you can absolutely come and see me and we'll talk about the process of removing it. people ask me sometimes can you resling it can you put it back where it's supposed to be and the answer is no you cannot it's not like a, enough room in an area to close that and put it in a new plane you it doesn't work so you'd have to take it out and then potentially try to put it back in in a delayed fashion maybe in a year and then the last thing we're going to talk about is again for lip filler fatigue uh, a true surgical lip lift so what I always tell patients is that the lip lift can be really great in selected patients but it's 100 percent not for everyone and the reason is is that it's never going to give you that kind of volume that you got from the lip filler so if your main problem is that you feel like you just can't see your lips anymore and you feel like the distance from your nose to your lips is getting too long then yes it's perfect for that you make an incision uh, I should say there's two methods which we'll talk about. I make an incision up by your nose, and so the risk is that as we're dissecting down and we're lifting that you can have some persistent numbness of your upper lips, which can be very annoying. Um, And it should not weaken the muscle itself because this is a skin only surgery. So that would be a very uncommon and, and a complication. Uh, But that is one of the risks that your smile is uneven because the muscle itself got weakened. The nerves to the muscle are underneath the muscle. So as long as you're staying on top of the skin and dissecting carefully and meticulously, that should not happen. The scar around the nose, again, because you're moving your mouth so much, can tend to be a little wide. So, unfortunately, it is common that people need some sort of scar treatment that could be a revision of the scar, that could be laser to help lighten the scar, and that could even be steroid injections if the scar is getting a little raised. So, this is, again, not something that you want to go to do someone who's never done it, never seen it, and isn't sure about it, and it's really a surgery of millimeters. It can be done while you're awake and in the office, lots of numbing medicine, and then, essentially making making markings, which is the most time-consuming part of the procedure, and then lifting your lip, and it'll give you more upper lip show. There are people who make incisions all the way around the course, so basically where you would put your lip liner. um, That is more likely to give you bad scarring that affects your, your mouth, so that's why I don't do that. That's more likely to give you some lumpy bumpiness or some contour abnormalities we found that from patients, for example, with cleft lifts or with injuries, that at a speaking distance, so, so even close to six feet, if you have one millimeter step off in that vermilion border, so where the white part of your lip meets the colored part, that you can see it. And so that's why it's... I don't recommend for my patients having that incision go along that border because I think that you're more likely, if you have bad scarring, to have a difficult time camouflaging it or treating it. You would have to retreat the whole area. And so that's why I recommend doing uh, the incision that's underneath your nose. It's better hidden in the shower, shadow and it should heal better in terms of when you're smiling, talking, speaking. And then the last thing I'll say about sort of the lip lifts that are surgical is that it's very popular for some reason in Brevard County for people to get these commissure lifts, um, and so that is if you feel like the corner of your mouth is turning down, what can you do to make to to raise it? Um, and so what I tell people again is your lip is a is a circle, and the connections from your upper lip meet your bottom lip in the corners. So I never recommend. Trying to address that by making an incision like a triangle around the corner of your mouth, because again, if you have bad scarring, that's going to affect how you speak, how you eat, how you suck in a straw. Um, and most patients don't need it on the top and the bottom; they really just need it on the top. And so, if you were if you needed both, if your the corners of your mouth were really indented, we'd want to think about two things. One is that was was filler just overfilled in your lips and so that we're actually missing soft tissue support from behind your mouth because it can't support how heavy your lips are. And I have seen that happen, in which case we're gonna put lip filler, essentially the same kind of filler, around the corner of your mouth to really support that. And then the other question is, is it really just aging and that your anatomy is doing that, in which case we would just do part of it and then in three months do the other part if we really needed to. Um, So I think that in the right patient, this heals beautifully, and I can do something that turns that frown upside down. So we call it like RBF, right? Um, If you want to get rid of that, then we, we can do that with surgery. But the first place to start that I would always say is to try some filler first. Make sure you're happy with how it looks and how it animates. And that surgery for that should really be a last resort if you're having so much fatigue from your lip filler. But if you have a good injector who knows the anatomy, who makes you comfortable when you do the injections, it really should not be an unpleasant experience. It should be sort of satisfying because that's the benefit of lip filler. You can see it right away. So just to kind of recap, we've talked about lots of options for your lips. Um, The goal is not to give you huge, crazy, looks like you have a Halloween costume on lips. The goal is really to work with your anatomy and to help you achieve a very pretty, natural result. Um, I will tell you that Between patients and between ethnicities, there's a lot of variation in how big your upper to your bottom lip is and how much volume you have. And so as long as we keep that in perspective that we want to keep it natural, your upper lip should never be bigger than your lower lip. It can be in some cultures and some standards of beauty the same. So the same amount of volume in your upper as your lower, which I'm fine with. But you have to realize that for most people um, who are in the United States, that, that then will look like you've had lip filler done because most people don't have lips that are perfectly top and bottom even. Most people have their upper lip is about two to the bottom lip being three. Um, but the standard of beauty now for a lot of is a little a little bit fuller on the top than that. And so if you have an injector who knows these things, who can talk to you about it, and who's building over time, you should have a really pretty, beautiful result. No one should ask you, "Oh, you got lip filler. It should not be like that. They should just think like, wow, your lips look great. Um, And if that's not right for you, then again, these lip plumpers do work. Um, You just wanna make sure that your lips are staying hydrated. Um, We can also talk about using Neuromodulators to give you, to soften some of those wrinkles, to give you a little bit of vertical height. Again, you want to think of that more as a lip liner than a true uh, changing of shape or changing in volume. Lip filler favorite love to do it happy to do it come see me anytime and then if you really want to explore all your options we can always talk about uh, doing surgery for again that's the surgical lip lift and there are lots of options for that too and if you have any questions i'm always happy to see you in the office again this is renee gaskarth with dermatology plus plastic surgery and we're here talking about all things lips lips 101 have a great day